Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw. First and 10. And he is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three and three. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right. What is going on? Welcome to Cannell and Bell. Brand new logo I don't like for the it. show. New open. I don't uh, like it. I love it. I love it. Uh, that's what my daughters do. They'll say, Dad, I don't like you. I'll be like, what? And I'll be like, I love you. And I'm like, all right. So they get a little cute thing. But if you are listening to the podcast, you're not aware of it, you can always watch us on CBS Sports HQ or on the CBS Sports app where you can check out our new open and uh, video to go along with us. I actually listened to one of the podcasts the other day just to kind of give a little, you know. How would I sound? You sounded fantastic. Right. I'm hard on myself. I hate the sound of my own voice, which I get a lot on Twitter. Like, I hate the sound of your voice. Um but I, what I did notice, <laughs> what? it's just Twitter. That's the world we live in. What I did notice is that when we talk about a lot of things, we reference yeah. video. Yeah. So and people are probably lost. They're like, huh? What oh, are you guys dude. talking about? But if you're listening to podcasts, go check us out. We have YouTube or YouTube channel at Canel and Bell. So we got all kinds of video fix. elements. Yeah, you go, go find that. Listen, yeah, for sure. if I'm a little jittery today, I do not know what got into my coffee. Honest to God, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> You're feeling good. You got a little yeah. extra, a little, a little extra, extra umph in it. Yep. I'm going to try the bulletproof coffee. Yeah. I'm going to try that little diet because I got to get in shape for summer. School is out in our house. Yeah. I know yours is coming in a couple days. Today was mayhem. Like it's first, and it's, we're not a big oh. TV household. Right. And my daughters think it's free reign on TV. So I wake up, you know, I go work out, get back from the gym at seven and they're already in front of the TV. I'm like, hold on a second. What the this heck is- are you going to do all summer without TV? Well, there'll be it's like sometimes. A, it's a babysitter. What are you talking about? <laughs> there will be. Bro, my kids will watch TV. Like, sit over there and chill out. I'll be back. There will be sometimes that we'll set aside. But you can't just be waking up every what? day to watch. My two-year-old. TV. I wake up in the morning. She's out there changing channels, watching <laughs> Disney. She's got it all unlocked. <laughs> good. She's sit there. The I'm you'll be right back. We hide the remotes and everything. Yeah. Because they'll find really? them. Oh yeah, they're always like a scavenger hunt. They're trying to find them. Uh, <laughs> big show lined up. We got to get to the Warriors' big win in Toronto last night to even up the series one to one. Massive upset in boxing. Mm. Where which was one of the most unlikely uh, upsets you'll ever see. But first, before we get to anything, so I was in New York over the weekend. This was really my highlight of my year. Yeah. I go my to New York. got canceled, so I don't really appreciate yeah. talking about yeah. the trip. Day. And it was a gorgeous, yeah. nice yeah. weather. It was perfect. <laughs> Went to a little rooftop bar the other night. Yeah. But I was returning home on the plane, and I, w- I flew Delta. Mm-hmm. I'm in the Delta Sky Club. And I was talking to my wife, just telling her, hey, we're getting our day scheduled when I got home and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, I see this dude walking across the Sky Club. And, I, and it was kind of quiet in there, so it was kind him. of quiet. So I was like, hey. And I told my wife, I'm like, Vanilla Ice is in the Sky Club. <laughs> so I'm sitting there texting. I'm telling her this. I'm whispering because yeah. he was like right over there. I'm like, I don't want him to hear me like geeking out over him. Right. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you're so excited, aren't you? Because she knows me very well. <laughs> Vanilla Ice was heyday of my high school. Right, right, like, right. I think right. like ninth, tenth grade, I was jamming. I had told you I had the lines in my head. Really? Like, oh, you Vanilla were Ice Vanilla Ice? Did. You were oh, Vanilla Ice. Oh, yeah, except for the hurricane thing. Right. So I'm all, you know, I'm freaking out. Then I was like, all right, I don't want to bother him. Like, I can't. When I texted you guys, I'm like, I got to get a selfie. Yeah. And then ultimately, I was like, it was early. It was like 730 in the morning. I'm like, there's no way I can do it. So I go to my plane, go to get on. I sit down, got the upgrade to first class. Yeah. So I'm sitting there. My seat next to me is open. And guess who comes and sits down? What's his name? Ice, What's his really? Ice Rob Van baby. Winkle? What's his yes. name? Rob Van Winkle? I believe so. There we are. Now, here's the best part about it. Right. We're pretty much besties now. Oh, you guys are. Oh, yeah. We hit it off. We hit it off. Great. So, initially, people are coming. He got recognized a lot. Like, people are, and it was really kind of uncomfortable. I felt a little bit bad for him because I didn't say anything when he sat down. I was just like, I'm going to let him, you know, kind of settle in. People are walking down the aisle like, oh, wait a second. Can I get a selfie? Like, stopping him, taking a picture with him. He was nice to all of them. 
So he'd get probably like five or six people. So then we take off. I still don't say anything. And then I take a nap. He falls asleep. I'm like, I gotta say something. Like, yeah, I gotta weird say now. something, yeah, right? Correct. So did he recognize you? No, not in the least. Uh-huh. Like, not in the least. So my opening line to him, because I had to figure it out, kind of like a date at the line, you know, like yeah, at you the definitely bar. Definitely failed. If you had to figure it out, you definitely <laughs> no. failed. So I was like, hey man, I was like, big fan. But you know, you got to stroke his ego a little That's bit. Big. I said, but you were killing me with all the Hurricanes gear. When I went to Florida State, uh, okay. kind of fed that little okay. line in there, and then he was like, "Oh, he's like, yeah, he's like, ah, oh, he laughed," and then he's like, "But he's like, I was at Florida State last year. I did their spring game. I did a big concert. He's like, Tallahassee represented pretty well. He's like, I might convert to a Seminole fan." Stop. So that like opened up the floodgates. We talked about real estate. He's got three daughters. Yeah. I have three daughters. Okay. So we're besties now. Well, when's he coming on? Well, you got to work on that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you Coca said, "Don't want to push the Coca said, uh, boundaries." His number. And I, that was a, like, did I mean, he find out who you were? Did he wind up? Did so you I, wind up telling I him told him. Football? So we talked. I did tell him. I was like, yeah, I played in the NFL. Yeah. Like to try to legitimize something. Like I didn't want to Cor- like, correct. Try to legitimize like, myself we're on a this, little bit. We're on the same level to <laughs> no. some degree here. <laughs> so somewhat. Um, I'm in first class too, brother. Exactly. Like, we're about. right there. And then when we got off the plane, we left and he was laughing. And he's like, how long did you play? I was like, oh, I got seven years. He's like, oh, he's like, so you didn't just, you weren't a scrub. He's like, you got to play. So I was like, yeah. I was like, so he was like, oh, that's cool. And, uh, but like I got asked by a couple people, I was in an event for Sirius XM this weekend and I had a couple people ask me for my cell and it's really weird. Like I, it's an awkward no. So I didn't want to have him say that, but I did tag him on the photos on Instagram and stuff. So we'll see. There you go. Maybe he'll respond. A bunch of people did say though, you got to get him on the podcast. So we do need to get him on because it'd be fun. He's local. It's interesting that that was the highlight of your weekend (laughs) because I saw what I thought to be the highlight of your weekend was you knocking down a beer and whatever. (laughs) We'll save that. We'll save that for the end of the show. I'm actually petitioning, I'm petitioning our show to yeah. let me do it on air here. Oh, I feel like all the beer go I've seen lately. Yeah, you could I, smoke I'll them? slaughter them all. Really? That's, that's what throwing I'm throwing down the gauntlet yeah. right there. All right, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But right now, let's get to the uh, the NBA Finals, which took place last night. These uh, Golden State Warriors were a two point underdog, and they looked like they were going to get beat again. Yeah, it was you know first half. The Toronto's got this ten point lead. They look like they're firmly in control of the game. And then the third quarter happened, which Golden State is known to do. They have one of these incredible runs. They come back, take control of the game. It was a fun game. Um, Twenty to nothing run was the longest by any team in a finals game since the NBA ABA merger. They just totally took control of the game, and it was impressive to watch. And Toronto, I thought, was really disappointing down the stretch. I thought they. I don't know why, but I don't know if it was the pressure. I don't know if it was the situation, but they didn't look like anybody wanted to take the big shot, and they missed a lot of them. All right, well, allow me to say I told you so on that. Like, you definitely want to challenge Marcus Gasol, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Danny Green, Kyle Lowry to continue to beat you. Like, yep. you, you didn't want to panic. Uh, and throw it right back into Kawhi's hands. Like, Kawhi is going to do what he does. Those other dudes, they've been inconsistent all playoffs. So I-, I think Golden State stuck with that. They still trapped Kawhi a little bit. What happened to them in the second half was the defense that they played over the last three or four seasons, it, it showed It showed up. Like, their 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 energy level rose. The Warriors, sense yeah. of, or The Warriors. There was a sense of urgency that they hadn't been playing in through game one in the first half of game two, everything that Toronto tried to do was challenged. And there's a big difference when you're shooting wide open jump shots with nothing in your face. When you're challenged and you got a guy running at you and, you know, you're flinching a little bit because you don't know if he's going to block the shot. Like it, it, it changes the way you play. I, and, and they just challenged everything Toronto tried to do. And offensively, Boogie Cousins became your facilitator. The ball was in his hands and they used 
they used Steph Curry to start screening because they were really pressed up. Fred Van Vliet was in Steph Curry's back the entire game. And what Golden State realized was it was going to be really hard to spring him, bringing him around screens because Fred Van Vliet's still there and now the screeners guy is there. So you've effectively doubled him. So they just started screening with Steph's man, mm-hmm. and he wasn't helping. And so everyone that ran off of Steph was getting a wide-open shot, and Boogie was facilitating. And the combination of the two was just, you know, it, it allowed him to, to push it out a little bit. So Toronto, I think that was a massive missed opportunity because you had uh, Kevon Looney goes out in the first quarter. Oh, man. And then even more important, you had uh, Clay Thompson go down. So you got Boogie back, but you still don't have KD. It's that was your opportunity to go up 2-0 and really put some pressure. You're still there, still got to go to Golden State, but you would have really put a lot of pressure on them. Instead, you can't get it done in that spot. Um, so now they're facing themselves with a 1-1 play. Speaking of DeMarcus Cousins, he really did look impressive. And I was curious to know from your standpoint, how much do you think of a difference made, it difference it made for him starting as opposed to coming off the bench? Like, well, is it as simple as that? I was wrong. Yeah. I was, I was wrong in, in the way, that I thought Boogie would be used in, in, in this playoff series, right? Like I didn't foresee him having this type of role. I even talked about like not having, not forcing him back into your, into your offense. Um, but I do think it went a long way for him starting in the game. And I think what went, you know, I think what Boogie did was he settled, he settled down and he wasn't forcing any of the issues. There's a limitation to what he can do off offensively and physically right now. So he decided to just facilitate. He shot open shots. And it incrementally dragged Marc Gasol um, and Serge Ibaka away from the rim. And that's their rim protection for the other guys. And when that happened, he just started dropping passes. Steph started screening. He started getting people involved. There were some open opportunities at the rim. Here you see Clay Thompson on a back cut screen from from Steph. You got uh, uh, Boogie out on the wing with Marc Gasol. It's an open layup. Boogie's out. Serge Ibaka at the rim. Another back cut for Sean Livingston on Kyle Lowry. Like, it opened it up. So his passing settled him into the game. And then defensively, he was a monster. Yeah. That was where they noticed his presence the yep. most. Uh, Steve Kerr spoke uh, about DeMarcus Cousins and said, quote, we came in thinking maybe he could give us 20 minutes, gave us 28. He was fantastic. We needed everything he gave us. Uh, to- uh, totally agree on that front. And then Cousins on the eve of game two said before, I love this sport and I'm so bleeping stubborn. I mean, it's obvious I'm starting. I'm not a quitter. I've been a fighter all my life. I've fought through the hardest situation. I've seen poverty. I've seen crime. I've seen the worst of the worst and I found a way through that. Sit here and get doubted by some people over sport. This ain't going to stop me, and it definitely didn't stop him in game two. So big win for him. Who, I mean, obviously, Clay Thompson is a more important piece to the Golden State Warriors than Kevon Looney. Um, which one are you concerned about more? Is it that obvious? Is it Clay? Because of what yeah, he gets? It's not, it's even, not even close. It's not even a question. Uh, Kevon Looney is. A- and how much does it help that they have Boogie now performing like this, another guy that's bigger as a defensive presence with Looney out? It helps, but I think Boogie, I don't know that Boogie's going to have this type of production going forward. Uh, I think this is one of those where you capture the moment. He's, he's not healthy. I'm not doubting Boogie when he's healthy and what he can do. He's one of the best big men in the game. I mean, it's just it's hard to come off of an uh, Achilles that you weren't all the way healed from and then have a, a, a torn quad and, and come back and just be dropped into game two of the finals. Like That's hard to do and continue to play at this level. Um, Kevon Looney is an okay piece. He's a nice piece. He'll be probably a part of what Golden State does going forward. Um uh, Clay Thompson is now. Clay Thompson was 10 to 17 for 25 points. He carried you through the first half when Steph couldn't get a bucket until late in the second quarter. If you don't have him and you don't have, uh, Kevin Durant for game three, you're going to lose. Right. Like that's happening. Um, I, they, I've watched TV all morning and listened and people are debating and they're trying to be nice about it. If you do not have Clay Thompson at, at 75% of himself and you do not have Kevin Durant at all, you are losing game three if you're Golden State. I don't care what you say. 
So Clay said hey, it's, he thinks it's minor. He wants to be back. The thing that concerns me is that he wasn't even able to finish. Like he goes in and shuts it down right away. I just, I, and you know, he's got the adrenaline flowing. I can only imagine today oh. when he wakes up how sore it's going to be. And then all of a sudden it's like, uh oh, correct. This might be more serious than I thought. Like you, you still kind of have a little bit of that adrenaline pump and you're still kind of warm after the game. You're like, oh, this isn't too bad. But when you sleep on it, that's when it's going to be a big problem. You should never say anything about how long you think you'll be out the night of the game because it's impossible to tell. To your point, it's when you wake up the next morning. Maybe not even then, like, cause it might feel okay. You might go to practice. You might get a little excited and, and try to like, you know, maybe take a little jog and then you're like, whoa, like this, this isn't good. And so the, the problem with the hamstring, kind of like the pulled muscle in the calf is that like Clay Thompson plays off of everybody else, right? So Clay Thompson's around, he's waiting, he's cutting. It's a lot of movement. It's a lot of spontaneous movement where you see something happen, you react to it, you go, you get a jump shot. You can protect. And I've had quads, I've had hammies, I've had groins, like groins really hurt me towards the end of my career. When you're scripted, and you're in a controlled environment, you can protect that hamstring. You can move. So you protect it with the rest of your body. It's not exposed, and, and you feel like you're good. When it's spontaneous and you have to be making like cuts and react to stuff, you can't protect that muscle. And, and that's when it's gonna, that's when it's gonna rear its head. Like you, you, you're, okay, I can't do what I think I can do. Let me ask you something, cause I was thinking about this when Andre Godala hit the dagger to really seal the game with 5.9 seconds. Because I was thinking that's the shot that you would have been asked to make during your career. Yeah. Um, he got it, and he was so wide open. Wait, 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 wait. What, what, what? Why nobody leaving me wide open like that? No, no, but not, but not, 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 no, not on purpose. Not, but I don't think they meant to leave him. No, wide yeah, open. Yeah, I think like it yeah, got to did. that point. Yeah, they did. He was over <laughs> his last thirteen threes coming into the game. <laughs> All right, so that, I didn't mean to offend you yeah, in any way like, whatsoever. On, but let's just say you had found yourself in a situation where somehow you for, they forgot you, yes. right? Would you rather? Because I was thinking like. That's kind of a tough shot to make because everybody thinks you're wide open. Yeah. Especially if you're, you've been, you missed that shot mm-hmm. and you step up and you bury it. Would you have rather had a guy coming at you to close out or a defender in your face or the wide open look where you're sitting there and get to size it up like a free throw? Cause you're supposed to make yeah. that. That's the mental part of it that I'm talking about. Like that's yeah. a unique spot to be in. If you missed I, that, it was like, Oh, I can't believe you missed that. Were you even a defender? You got kind of an excuse. No, I like that. The only thing I didn't like about the shot was that he hitched. Like he kind of hesitated and got himself. That's when it regrouped? becomes, that's when it becomes harder. Like when you sit there and breathe on the shot. <laughs> right. If you just catch it in rhythm and let it ride, I, I don't, like most good shooters can knock that down. I don't know that I need a defender there, but I'll tell you, I, I'd be interested to know what my percentages were when I actually sat there or took a breath. Looked at it and then squeezed it. They probably dropped significantly. Just catch it in rhythm and let it right. Run. That's was, a shot, though. I mean, oh, it was it was monstrous. Yeah, that and, and the game. You have to let him. Like if you're going to err on the side of letting one of those dudes do something at yeah. that moment, it's probably going to be Iggy, right? Like, yeah, no for disrespect. Sure. Yeah. Um. So from the Ra- uh, Raptors perspective, like I really feel like this game, we could analyze all the different defenses that were played, all the different stuff. I I said this the other day when we talked about the first game. Yes, you're going to get incredible performances from Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry, but it's going to be the role players that sure. make the difference in the game. And that you said a little differently. They were, you know, they defended those guys a little bit better, but they also missed a lot of open shots they late did. in the fourth quarter. And this comes down to a make miss game. Like if you make those shots, it's a difference in five, six points. If you miss them, it's a difference in the ball going the other what way. What have I been yelling for the last two series with, with the Raptors? What have I been yelling? I get the ball out of his hands and yep. make those dudes do what? Yep. Make them step up. Make them step up and make plays. Like that's why they are who they are. Like that's why I was who I was. Like I, there are going to be some nights where I can do that for you. Right. Over the course of a series, I'm probably not the dude that's going to be able, you know what I mean? Like even 
even in a series, you might be able to capture that. But over the course of two series, are they built to continue to knock down big shots and make big plays? And so you go with the least consistent if you're the opposing team. Like, give me the least consistent of the options on the other team, and I'll make him have to beat me. Or at least that's the way, you know, I see it, right? And so these dudes, yes, they had some open looks. I would still say a lot of them were more contested than they were in game one, right? Like, I'm right. not going to just let you sit there and shoot the ball. I'm going to contest that. Um but you know they struggled, and 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 that is what it is. You got especially down the stretch. Yeah, like you look, you had to be crazy if you were sitting here thinking Pascal Siakam was going to come out and go fourteen for seventeen again. Um, you're, you're crazy. Like he's a good player, but yep. but he's not going to do that again. You got Fred VanVleet who played well again, but two for eight threes. That's volume shooting numbers. Like you don't want your backup point guard, you know, chucking up seventeen shots to get seventeen points. You know what I mean? Like those are that's too high of a volume to get to get those numbers. So. I think Golden State executed their game plan well, and quite frankly, when when Clay Thompson went that, went out, I, I thought the Raptors going to that box in one like yeah. that that was fantastic. I've never seen that in an NBA game before. Really, I've never seen that in an NBA game. Really, I've seen zones. You know, there were for a while you couldn't zone. Right, and they got into zones. I've seen matchup zones. Seattle used to do that to us. It threw us off a little bit. You know, maybe triangles here and there when you got two guys, but a, a pure box in one, I've never seen it. Hadn't seen it. Steph Curry called it a janky defense. That was his quote for it after the game. Hey. But hey, but he doesn't like it because he's basketball, the one. Holmes. Right, Correct. Right? Um, I was curious to know your thoughts on, um, Kyle Lowry fouling out because it was a really boneheaded play. If you have five fouls on you and you're running the balls in the other end of the court, it's not even a situation where you're kind of, there's a guy driving at you. He just yeah. tried to get a strip and it was a cheap foul. You're, you're 90 just feet didn't seem away very from mentally into the game, which kind of like was a picture of the Raptors in the fourth quarter. Like how can you not have that presence of mind? Yeah. I get things happen, but it just seemed very foolish. I would say this about Kyle Lowry. Uh, he's a much better player than I was, but I kind of, see myself in him a little bit in that he plays so hard and he's giving you so much and he's in on every little loose ball he's swiping at everything he's trying to take every charge you're going to wind up with some of the silly ones you know what i mean like it's hard to turn that off and i mean sometimes that separates a champion from 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 the loser but the point is if you're asking him to go out there and have his hand in every loose ball which you pretty much do you're going to get some of those. You know what's nuts about this? If you would have told me Clay Thompson got hurt, Looney got hurt, they didn't have Kevin Durant, and they won, I would have said Steph Curry had 50 right. or something crazy. Right. And he didn't even have that great of a game, 23 points. Left the Went to the locker room after the first quarter. Yeah, he wasn't even himself. No, it was yeah. weird. Steve Kerr said that he was dehydrated. Do you buy that? Like, how does that happen at that point of the season? How are you not dialed in with your routine and everything? Well, you've been in, Tor you've been in Toronto for four days. Yeah. Right, like so. I'm not. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know him personally, but he doesn't seem like a guy that's out the night. No, before, I don't even know that know? he's partying. I mean, you just might just, not have like you know. I don't know. At home, you probably got your fridge stocked with with just water bottles and stuff, and you're right. knocking them back. Like I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like if there's a reason to sort through it, it would be just you know you're out of your routine. You're not at home. You're in a hotel room. You're yep. not eating the same. In any case, it does feel like the Warriors are in the driver's seat now, going back to uh, Northern California. We'll keep you posted on that as the series progresses. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. Love the little scratch in there and then the little uh, rejoin right there. Yeah. Um, we don't do a ton of boxing on here. Do you follow much boxing? A little bit, yeah. I used to follow it, not a lot, but I used to watch it a lot more because it seemed like you had these brand names when you had Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield and Lennox Lewis and some of the bigger names. Like there were yeah. bigger brands. How about heavyweights? Yeah, the heavyweights. Yeah, the heavyweights, the heavyweights have always kind of carried boxing. 
uh, on the national scale, at least right. in the U.S. And you've had, of course, you've had other guys that are, you know, popular that have had incredible runs, Oscar De La Hoya, um, you know, a bunch of other guys, but it seems like the heavyweights have been what carried and it's been kind of, down. Now you right. got Deontay Wilder's kind of come back on the scene. Boxing has had a little bit of a resurgence. You're starting to see them more on mainstream networks. They're starting to make a little bit of a comeback. So the heavyweight champion of the world, uh, Anthony Joshua, of uh, British descent, um, was having a fight on Saturday night. His first fight on American soil at Madison Square Garden. And probably about four or five weeks ago, his opponent that he was scheduled got popped for a positive test. Yeah. So this guy, Andy Ruiz Jr., sitting around, he's a boxer, he was 33 and 1, 22 KOs. He sends a DM on Instagram. Right. The promoter was like, hey, I'll fight him. <laughs> Four or five weeks before. And so they're like, all right, yes. let's do it. Send us so, a pic. Yeah. All right, we're good. <laughs> exactly. I don't think they checked the pics. I don't think they looked at the pictures. If they did, they might not have let him do it. Right. So he goes, he gets this fight, a heavy, massive, massive underdog. And, He's 0-1 in his title fights up to that point. Anthony Joshua was a stud. Anthony Joshua's got all the endorsements. Anthony Joshua Big was a stud. Anth- yeah. Looks like shredded, 6% yeah. body fat. He's got the reach. He's got the height. He's got everything. Andy Ruiz Jr. gets knocked down in the third round. The third round was thoroughly entertaining. Wow. Gets knocked on his butt, ah. but then gets right back up and gets right in Joshua's grill, right back at him. So you just talked about all the stuff Anthony Joshua has? You yeah. Know what else he got? A damn glass jaw. <laughs> yes, he does. That boy kept touching him. Every time he got touched, oh, uh, boy, you gotta keep that left up, man. Every time he got touched with that loopy right, that boy was, that boy was sleepwalking. It was so much fun to watch. It was a really good fight. The third round, they actually, uh, the zone posted it on there. I watched the whole third round. Then they had actually three more rounds until he finally won the fight in the seventh round. But this Andy Ruiz Jr. character is like, he's going to be massively famous for a minute. I don't know. You, you don't think he can sustain? Now, see, I think you're you're, you're fat shaming. Be careful what you're what? doing. I've said you're not giving him credit. What are you talking about? No, this was a win for fat people everywhere. <laughs> he has a Snickers <laughs> bar. <laughs> fat shaming. <laughs> so he has a Snickers right. bar before every fight. He comes out there. I think you have to be. Is aware. it wrong that I knew he ate something bad before the fight? Like, <laughs> no, I knew it. No, I we could have like, all assumed. I'm sure that wasn't yes. the only thing he's eaten. Before he had a fight. whole a large pie. But and this a just bar. shows you can't judge a book by its cover. Oh, one hundred. Joshua, the chiseled athlete, yeah. who goes out there, and you got Sir Ruiz. And I wonder if, I mean, you would assume it's kind of like the movies you watch, Rocky. You know, when Rocky got cocky and he thought he was so good, didn't yep. have to prepare, and then he gets knocked on his butt. It almost that feels was Club, like that's that was Club what Lang, though. Right, right. It was Andy Ruiz. Okay? It was <laughs> right. Mr. T. He was slightly in better shape, a little bit, than Andy Ruiz Jr. But it definitely looked like he uh, he took him for granted. I was you know talking about it being Buster Douglas. I didn't know the odds weren't that crazy. I think when Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson it was like forty one. Obviously, because right. Mike Tyson was one of the most dominant fighters in the world. Right. And Joshua was good, but he's no Mike Tyson. But this was a shocker. People were saying this is one of the biggest upsets you know, in heavyweight. You know history. who wasn't shocked? Hmm. Um, Tyson yeah, Fury Buster, uh, was forty-two to one. Buster Douglas. Tyson Fury was said on on some podcast he had. I saw it this morning. Really? Where, where he was talking about they were throwing up pictures of different heavyweights, uh, and they threw up Andy Ruiz Jr. and he said, "Don't judge a book by its cover. He's a tough little heavyweight." Ooh, yeah. And Dante and, Wilder uh, tweeted out right after too. Said, "Oh, look who's been running from who because he's been trying to get a fight with Anthony Joshua." I, I wish we would have said that fight would not have lasted a round. Are you talking about a terrible look now? Oh, Wilder would have destroyed him in a round. Or would a jaw like that? <laughs> he would have destroyed oh my him. God. And and to come over here like he's been, they've been trying to bait him to come off of like British soil and fight, you know, outside of his hometown. And yep. Like you, you come over here and you fight Andy Ruiz Jr. Like you don't even give Deontay Wilder the shot. Like that would have been the big. And you come over here and get pop. Yep. 
That's a terrible look, man. The best part of this fight was something that happened before it. Anthony Joshua took a photo with Drake. Drake? Oh, oh did he really? Oh, you haven't oh. seen this? Oh, my gosh. Look at what he posted, too. Oh. About to break the curse. Oh. Post the pic, because everybody knows about the Drake curse. Drake on every has done it team. again. He struck again, and he's about to do it with the Raptors, too. This was unbelievable that he put this out there. Why, as an athlete, would you put that out there before the fight? Yourself, bro. Save it for after the fight. Then you can say, I broke the curse. You don't do it before you did play yourself. Uh By the way, did you see the video? We couldn't show it because we don't have a... Uh, the uh, permission, whatever it is, the ter- ter- terminology is uh, for KD it. and them getting that, uh, getting that Aubrey Thompson last night. In the huddle. Because everybody's like, look at what Kevin Durant. He's such a great teammate. High-fiving everybody. They were waiting for Drake to come through the yeah. tunnel. And they called him Aubrey. Yeah, they they were like, yeah, we're yeah. coming back. See you in Golden State. <laughs> said, Don't worry about it. There's still more games, Aubrey. Yeah. <laughs> Drake didn't sound quite as confident, nah. though, because he started yapping. He's like, it's only 1-1. One, one. It's only 1-1. I like one, that, one. though. I think I, I like, like, I like that, I like that, that they're like, there's some back and forth with that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, while we're making a big deal about it, right? I think those dudes are to some degree having fun with it. Like, oh, they both do. Sides and I thought they were in their head. I thought there was a chance they were in their head. Now I'm like, ah, they're just having fun. Yeah, and it's great for all their pranks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really sure. is. Uh, the memorial was this past weekend. I didn't watch much of it because I was really focused on the LPGA, the U.S. Women's Open. Yeah. Uh, my daughter's. Also, you didn't hang Haney it. What's it? No, no, I did not. I did not. Uh, my daughter's golf coach, uh, is named Donnie Green. His Uh daughter, Jay Marie Green, she plays in the LPGA tour. She was in first for a lot of large portion of the day. She was tied first. She finished tied for fifth. So it was really cool. We were going nuts cheering for her. So I didn't see a lot of the memorial, but I did watch the highlights and kind of got caught up to speed to it. Patrick Cantlay won, who's a really impressive golfer. Travis Matthew guy. Shout out Travis Matthew. <laughs> but Tiger. You're a you know, hustler, bro. Hey, you don't gotta hustle hustler. where I can get it. <laughs> you gotta yeah. get in where hustler. you can fit in. Uh, Tiger really looked sharp on his Sunday round. And again, this is what it's about for him. He even referenced it after the round, said, Hey, I feel good going to the open at Pebble Beach in a few weeks. This is what it's about. He's getting honed in. He's getting fine-tuned. Comes shoots uh, 67 on Sunday, 9-under for the tournament. Another solid performance from Tiger. I think he's exactly where he needs to be getting grooved in. Because after that time off before the PGA, I was like, man, looks like he's a little rusty. Yeah. That rust has been knocked off for sure. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's trending um, and building himself back up, which, which you have to do when you take that time off. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a good sign that he got – better as the weekend progressed right yep. like he was kind of sleepy through the first two rounds third round was okay and then he got hot right at the right time as an as an athlete or you know whenever you're doing anything you want to leave hot you know when i would shoot in the gym sometimes like i'd have it scripted out where i want to make i don't know uh, 500 shots right yep. like if i got to like 350 and i was scorching i might leave just because it's it's we're wet right now like this thing is on fire i'm i'm out like you want to leave it as hot as you can so that like, that's the last thing you have in your mind about what you're out there doing right and so i think it's really good sign that he plays best round on on uh, sunday i'm still debating his uh 42 of 56 driving accuracy 75 percent. i'm still debating he's 10 to 1 odds for the u.s open i hate taking favorites in golf yeah but pebbles where he's got really good vibes you talk about you know thinking seeing things good he had that historic you know runaway victory there at the u.s open early in his career thinking about taking it but I, it's I'm, it's not gonna be a lot of money. It's just right. like, so I can root for him and do it. But I might take Brooks Kepka too because that dude's been pretty yeah, good. Yeah, you might too. How awesome would it be if they actually could arrange, like they were in the final group on Sunday? It'd be outstanding. But you know who might be in the final group is one Jordan Spieth. Yeah, I was because we. Stuff. What's that? I was talking a lot of stuff about Jordan about two weeks. We both ago. were yeah. though because up 
about three or four weeks ago, he was not playing very well. He had not had many top 20 finishes. And all of a sudden, he's starting to look a lot better. Uh, he finished tied for seventh over the weekend at the Memorial. He's finished in the top 10 three straight tournaments, and he had zero previous uh, top 10s this season. So you were totally justified in questioning him. Anybody was. But now he's starting to get right, and that's why I think he's dangerous at the U.S. Open as well. Yeah, I, good for Jordan. Like I, I mean, when he hit the scene, you thought he was just gonna just gonna run away with with golf for a while, and you know he had he had his his moments. But I'm always cheering for young American golfers, right? Because you know that that's what fuels my my love for golf. Aside from Tiger, I want to see the next guys coming up, that next generation that's going to stay in great sustain great golf. So uh, I'm pulling for Jordan. I, I have my doubts about what his ceiling is like i thought it was a lot higher when he hit the scene do you know yeah. what i mean but that doesn't mean he can't be a really really good golfer vying for for you know majors and, and tournament wins but i don't think he's he's transcendent i thought he could be transcendent when i first saw him i don't know that he's gonna do that why are you hating on him still now, i'm not hating i'm just I saying, kind of like, still in on jordan speed i still think he's i think he's a like of this generation i think he'll be a top five of his generation you know, I don't know. I don't think he's gonna be who's, top five who's, of who's all in time. His generation? Who I would, would you say categorize Rory McIlroy, yeah. Justin Thomas, uh-huh. Dustin Johnson, uh-huh. Brooks Kepka. Like this crew that's young right now. Okay, I think he's right there in that mix. Now he's got a while. He's got to continue to go there. But like Rory, it was him and Rory kind of similar because Rory came True. on the scene. It was like, oh man, look at the clip he's winning. I felt the same majors. way about Rory. You're right. He's gonna take down Tiger. Then Jordan Spieth did the same thing. All of it just really goes to show you how impressive Tiger's run was. Yeah, that's true. And how impressive it was. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep you posted on all that. Can't wait for the U.S. Open in a couple weeks out at Pebble Beach, one of the best scenes in golf. All right, welcome back to Kinell and Bell. I got to go off script here a little bit. We're going to get to uh, my worst nightmare, but there's breaking news on the show. Rajah Bell played hoops yesterday. <laughs> with, well, I got to get some details of this. Hold on a second. I'm like, what are we you, breaking? Are you getting ready for a comeback? So wait, you played against oh. Jesus Shuttleworth. You, so you and Ray Allen got a little pickup hoops game. Yeah, we locked horns yesterday. You did. I was a friendly game, man. I went down. I needed a little exercise. I found myself up Sunday morning, like with nothing to do. So I took the drive down to Gulliver Prep down in Miami, and Ray. Who was like, like who texted you? Like a couple buddies, you like? No, it's a, there's or? always a game going on. There and, is you know, on Sunday mornings down there. And it's is just it pretty competitive. No, it's it's. I mean, it's competitive. Right, it's as good. You want it to good be game. right? Like yeah. so, I go in just to get a sweat usually and stuff like that. But I matched up with Ray yesterday, right? Because I'm sure there aren't that many ex NBAers. There, there are. Are there? There are a few guys that are playing overseas, like in in Europe and stuff right now, that are in there to really like kind of show off a little bit. The rest of us are just kind of chilling, looking for a sweat to talk a little crap. But it was interesting because Ray and I, like, you know, I see Ray and I'm like, okay, well, maybe I got to pick it up a little bit. Like, <laughs> let's, let's see how this is going to go down, right? But it became, like, obvious really early that neither one of us was really there to to be competing, competing. Right. So, we, yeah, it was cool. We had a good time. Yeah. Did you DM up or did you let him shoot? Yeah, I, I, he shot a few. They yeah. ran a lot of screen and rolls. I was trying to try my best to get into his body and get over the screen and contest. Yep. Um, I, but I know how, I know shots. how he did. We were chilling. Get... We were, we were in chill mode, man. You didn't we get, just... you didn't, we didn't see nah, mad Raja. Nah, we were, in, we were straight chill mode. That's only coaching. A couple Raja. people told me they were proud of me. Oh, good for you. Yeah, cause I played <laughs> with a lot of these guys since I was, some of them since I was like 13 years old. Yeah. And stuff happens <laughs> they've, seen, and they've yes. seen me react to certain things, right? So right. Raja, what's the vert looking like these days? Oh man, that was tragic. So did you try to dunk? I had a, a play yesterday. Billy Baino used to coach at UMass. He's with the Pacers now. Mm-hmm. So I had a play where, you know, the ball got swung to me around the top of the key. I was kind of trailing the break because now I'm always trailing everything because I'm <laughs> slow. So I caught it. There was a big, like wide open gap in front of me. So I took that thing down the middle. Billy Baino stepped up. And so like, I kind of like, it was like Boogie Cousins. I went up in the air, 
right? And then I brought the ball down to my hip and went to get it up on the rim. I was already on the ground. <laughs> this is travel. Up and down. It was travel. It was straight travel. I just jumped, went to yo-yo, and by the time I went to shoot it, I was on the ground. I was like, yeah. How's your body feeling today, though? A little sore? I was at the beach after that. Surprisingly good. I'm really? Like, like right. that in my regimen, right? I would be going to get a massage. Well, good for you that this didn't happen because I get worried at my age now that's going to happen. What what happened to Matt LaFleur yeah. is going to happen to me. So Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Green Bay Packers, is playing pickup hoops. Mm-hmm. At the Green Bay Packers facility, tears his Achilles. <laughs> that like I feel like I'm susceptible to that at this age. I don't. I, I work out pretty good. Like, right. You know, keep a little tight, little six pack. Yeah, a little Barry, little like Barry boot, boot But like camp. this is what terrifies me because you're down for the count. Now he has to coach all his OTAs. Wait, and wait, 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 wait. Did you what? just say you keep a tight little six <laughs> I did. Raj, did you what? not let Why that slide? Why would you dignify that I don't little know. response, though, bro? You want Why to talk about You just got to let it go under. You just got to let it go by. That if, Andy, if Andy Ruiz has embraced the dad bod, I think it's time you should start. No, I'm still fighting the dad bod, man. I'm keeping it tight. My wife doesn't feed me anything. It's a plant-based diet. So now... LaFleur, he's gotta do, he's gotta start slow, so he's gonna be on the cart when he starts. Yeah. Then he's gonna have that little, like, thing that you prop your leg up on, that you wheel around, like, you go around to practice. Yeah. And it's his first year coaching the Green Bay Packers and, and, uh, Aaron Rodgers. It's gonna be, like, a little bit tricky for him no, to get it's around. Not. Stop. It's a major this hassle, is, though. It's not, a major this hassle. Not, this is not even, it, oh, it's a hassle. Like, yeah, yes. I have to deal with that. And I'm, look, I'm gonna take this off of my wife. Yeah. Uh, played college, uh, soccer, like yours did. Yep. Play soccer. Um, I didn't play in college. But, but I played soccer. Yeah, yeah. Soccer player. So my wife loved to play soccer. Like, she was playing in women's leagues around here, uh, like, just for fun, right? I wasn't even playing basketball anymore, but she loved it like that. Um, she tore her ACL uh, right around, I don't know, I, probably about four years ago. Oh, right? and you four, have we, four kids. Or we had a fourth kid, though. So okay, so you have three, but young ones. Babies, right? Um <laughs> I, I was mortified, dude. Oh. I, I was like, wait, I, I retired her from soccer. I love her. Like, right, uh, right. And I can't make her do anything, but I was like, Sin, you can't, like, I can't do this. You cannot, <laughs> you cannot tear another ACL. There's no way I can be responsible for everybody's lunches, everybody's meal. I can't do this anymore. And it does make you appreciate whenever you have a major injury like that, man, it makes you, you can't ever take your health for granted. Uh, true. Because that type of rehab, it is such a hassle. Everything is affected. The littlest things, like just getting in your car to go run an errand, oh, like man. it's a major hassle. Yeah. And now Matt Floor is going to have to deal with it. I think it's a big deal. That's Preparation not. for a You know what? You know why? Because my wife, the next morning on a torn ACL, guess what? She was sitting at the kitchen table helping me do. What? Pack lunches. So Matt LaFleur is going to be fine. <laughs> He's going to be sitting there. Yeah, yeah, right yeah, he'll be sitting in a chair. Um, if you, who, which team? I guess it would be Utah. It's probably the one team that you might not have the best relationship with, or was it just the coach? Uh, I think it was just the coach. I mean, I thought it was Utah in general, but the more, the more. Yeah, we've got a uh, lot of love yeah, on the show. And I was that. out there to ski this year. I think I'm good with Utah. I was just tight. So if they wanted you to come back and do time. like a little, uh, <laughs> if they wanted you to I'm do in. a little player appreciation. I don't do any of that. You wouldn't. I've been asked by the Sixers. The Suns hit me all the time. Like, uh, you won't do it? I don't Even go back. if your boys could go and they go could back. see you? I don't go back. All right. What if there was money involved? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't go back. Really? Yeah, I think. I like. I don't know. I feel weird, man. Like I. Yeah, it is a weird spot. I to be played in. already. Like I don't. I don't know. Like right? if you see me in public and you want to say hey or something, I'm straight with that. But like I don't. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I remember being at Giants games when I was on the Giants and they would do like these kind of play and they'd be like, who's this dude? Right. Why is he still around? I'm good. Yeah, maybe I, I haven't done it either, but I don't get asked. So it's not a big deal. <laughs> the Detroit Lions, uh, Calvin Johnson, one of the best receivers in the history of the game. 
had an incredible career with the Detroit, Detroit Lions, but it didn't end that great. When he was uh, decided to retire, as is such with the NFL, if you choose to retire, you have to forfeit a portion of your signing bonus because your signing bonus is the only guaranteed money you get. Right. So let's say you sign a $20 million signing bonus. If you end your career early, they will prorate it against the length of the contract. Let's say, hold on a second. You only gave us three years. Uh, those last two years that we paid you a signing bonus for, you didn't play, you have to cut a check back to the team. Yeah. So that's what Calvin Johnson had to do. He is not happy about it. But he said, I'll be cool with Detroit Lions fans and the uh, team if you give me a million bucks. One million. <laughs> right? <laughs> so he said they already know what they got to do. They just got to cut that check. There you go. The only way they're going to get me back is they put that money back in my pocket. Now, nah, you don't do that. I don't care what they say. They can put it back. Then they can have me back. That's the bottom line. I don't even like to talk Lions much because it's just the way our relationship ended. If they see me around here, we'll see. But, hey, I don't know. I hate to see this relationship sour. Like I just, But a lot of NFL players feel that way because it very rarely ends on a good note. And he even went off in his own terms. But it's the part of the business that's really cutthroat by them saying, I think they probably should have said, eh, we'll just let this one sit. It was $1 million. Coca, is that the exact or- amount that it was? Was I mean, million, roughly, and he just wants the million back. Roughly, it was roughly one million dollars. He is he, is he the best player like in franchise history? Barry Sanders, probably. Oh, okay, Barry, yeah, better probably. ones. He, but he's top five. Right there. Oh yeah, he's top two or three. Yeah, for sure. If you're the Lions, you eat the million dollars. Right, because he's a guy who actually you would want to be back. An ambassador for absolutely. your... Absolutely. He did it the right way, right? Like, never yeah. really had any problems, was a good dude. Now, he did walk away when it felt like he had some years left on him. But that's up to him to exactly. say. Exactly. Totally he didn't go agree. play for somebody else. No, no. He retired. Yeah, he retired, you know, said he had enough. And one of the reasons Matt he said Stafford. he didn't want to play is because he was tired of Stafford losing. Stafford should pay him, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> got enough money. Yeah, he does. He should Maybe cut Stafford. No, but the thing actually, Calvin Johnson, when he retired, he said, I'm sick of losing. Like, losing drove me out of the game because the Detroit Lions were so bad when he was there. And so, like, you kind of get it. You eat that million, like that. brother. Not, yeah. not, not. The team the does. The team eats the million, yeah. Yep. One of these days here on Canel and Bell, we will get microphones and a little podcast-only version of everything that occurs during the break because I think sometimes that might be some of yeah. the most entertaining stuff. But I don't know if our bosses would do that, and Coca said absolutely not yeah. because some of it's probably not suitable for work or for our jobs or yeah. for our careers. We're so, talking about hardcore fans. Yeah, like exactly. Stuff Those are kind of the best fans that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the NBA, we got Jimmy Butler, who went to the Sixers last year, made a really nice impact. It did not work out in Minnesota uh, where he left that franchise. There was a lot of... There were different reports that would come out at various times. There was might have been a little friction, but then you know you're like, all right, is this just the media making something mountain out of molehill a little bit? No, so I, the Sixers, the reports are out. The Sixers are preparing to off Jimmy Butler the five year, 190 million dollar max. Obviously, he goes somewhere else. It'll be less years, less money. Do you think it is a done deal? No, that he, you don't. No, so you don't think the money's going to talk? You think I, 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 the money would talk to me if I were Jimmy Butler because of where he's at in his career. Uh, we were having this debate, Coca and I, before the show started. Yep. At this point in my career, I'm on a, I'm on a contending team, like a team that seems to be moving in the right direction. I've got stars around me, um, and I can make 50 million more dollars. I'm probably staying. Uh, That's the uh, difference. Is it 50? 50. Yeah. yeah roughly, right? 140, go for 140 somewhere else. 30. Um, 30 years old. Right. I, I'm looking to lock that down, especially because my situation is good where I'm at, right? I got Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and a franchise moving in the right direction by all accounts. But I do think that the L.A. Lakers are going to make a play at him. Um, I think pairing with LeBron is a real thing. That's don't a draw. Do you think that would be a mess, though? Or do you think they're still? No, like- I, I mean, uh, I'm, you're just asking me, do I think it's yeah. done? 
I, I don't think it's done. I think Jimmy's going to entertain some of that. I, if I were Jimmy, I'd stay in Philly. Yeah, I mean, I think I would too. The $50 million is going to speak a lot, but I think it depends on his relationship, which I don't, you know, we never really know. You hear sources, you hear all this stuff. What does he think of Joel Embiid? What does he think oh, yeah. of all these young players, Ben Simmons? Um, what does he think of the organization? And you just don't know that. It feels like they're headed in the right direction. feels like he was having a really successful, good time when he took control of some of those games. It looked really impressive, but you don't know what matters to him. And as much as you and I might take that 50 million run, maybe he's made enough where he's like, there are more important things. Absolutely. You know, and that's Absolutely. his right. And that's maybe that's now, what we don't know. That's uh, the impossible thing to judge in all this. We were, I, we were operating like I was in a vacuum to some degree because I'm, I'm just assuming that he's got good relationships with everybody in Philly and that he likes being in Philly. Um, yeah, but if your life is a mess there and behind closed doors, you don't like anybody there and you're miserable. Um, then yeah, I mean, you know, he probably has made a whole lot of money, so it would, you know, 140 millions. It's not bad. No, no, you know what I mean. Like you go somewhere, right. you still live on 140 million. But, but if if we're comparing, you know, apples to apples, um, in terms of uh, of of franchises pairing me with other stars and so on and so forth, like I, I'd go ahead and stay in Philly because you're already kind of built. And plus, here's what I don't think: I think that Jimmy Butler likes the fact that down the stretch for Philly, he was the man. Right, like he right. was the guy. I, I think that 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 appeals to his ego a little bit. You know what I mean? That's a cool thing when you're a star. Most most guys given the opportunity, they want to be the marquee star. They don't want to be the second or third fiddle. You know what I mean? If I can have my cake, win a championship, and eat it too, be the star. Like, give me that scenario. So, I think now is the time. And I said this last week. I think this is the time to buy the Lakers. That's why I think there maybe is a chance that Jimmy Butler goes there. And as much as we've trashed them, and and they they've deserved every single bit oh, of criticism they've gotten. I still think they might be an outside chance if they get a couple pieces and they get LeBron healthy and they just can kind of deal with Frank Vogel, who's had a lot of NBA experience. You know, it's not like he's an, a no, no, no. Rookie Frank coach. Vogel's a good coach. Yeah, exactly. Just whether he works with LeBron or not, he's a and if he's that a good works, coach. and yeah. LeBron doesn't have a lot of choice at this point with the contract they just locked him up to. Uh, Frank Vogel, he's gonna have to make it work. So at some point, you would think he would do no, that. No, 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 and no, I no, think no, no, what? No, no, no. you're wrong. <laughs> you don't. You are wrong. So you think you think that organization. Listen, LeBron doesn't have to do anything. That's true. Like Le- he is LeBron, Le- he really doesn't. I mean, I was, I, I witnessed this firsthand. <laughs> if he don't like Frank Vogel, he'll be gone it, after uh, after yes. the first ten games Correct. of the season if he doesn't give like him. him. Forty, <laughs> right? We'll give him half a year. Uh, but according to like, so where you, you're trying to read the tea leaves, and this is where I think you can glean a lot of information. Some a lot of the time, look at the Vegas odds for the 2020 NBA championship next year. The Lakers are not that much of a long shot, which I think tells you. And I, you know who else they actually have the same odds as? The New York Knicks, which I think tell you all. And there haven't been any moves made. Right. But I think that tells you what is coming, which I think is great for basketball. But the Knicks and the Lakers both at 15 and 16 to 1 odds, respectively. The Sixers at 18 to 1 odds. Like, that's craziness. I, that tells you there's going to be a major shakeup. I mean, the, the Knicks one is more interesting to me because you don't have anything there. Right. There's nothing. Like, in L.A., you got LeBron. Oh, you're going to knock Kevin Knox? My guy's Kevin Knox? No, 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 no. By the big, oh, yeah, exactly. Big, no, right? I, like, I totally agree. I don't, you know, I, I should be better about this because I've always hated when, like, when I was a player and people threw shade at numbers 8 through 15 on our team, like, calling bums and trash and all that. Like, it's still, I will correct someone in the street or in my house. I'll be like, hey, bro, you're correct. So I should be better about that. But, I mean, you don't have the marquee player in, in, in New York yet. You have it in LA. So they would be, in my book, exponentially closer to the 20 to 1, like, favorite odds 
Uh, it's a fascinating, dude, like the odds of where these guys are going are pretty, um, insane when you look at it and how, how much it's going to do. Do you think Coca had this? And I think this conversation always comes up because anytime a team's considering the Clippers or the Lakers that the state taxes matter, is that something they actually take into consideration? Uh, I think their agents do and their money managers yeah. probably should, but ultimately. I don't know if guys are counting the pennies like that, like the players are. The, the people who are when you're talking about 10%, which is the state income tax out there on a $150 million deal, it's about 15, like that's a lot of change. I, but you're going to make that on, but you do get to live in California. Yeah. You know what I mean? Guys make LA like their residence. Half, right. half the NBA lives in LA. They don't. And then you can also, you can, if you have that, if you have 150, you can buy a place in Florida and split the year and hopefully split some of those taxes right. and, and make that money. Yeah. I, I'm sure bit. some people would. I, I, well, it does play in at times, right? I think when Bosch came down, was it Bosch? When he decided to come down here, there's no state, there's no right. state tax. So it was able to offset some of the money he could have got from other places. So there's something to be said about that. I think they, one of Dwayne Wade's deals when they, when he went to, to Chicago, they were like, well, the money that you, you know, money we didn't give you here contractually, you would have made that up by not paying the state tax in Illinois. And so they, sometimes they do it. I don't, when you're talking about going to play for the Lakers in LA and chasing championships, like that ilk of a player, mm-hmm. when you're, when the championship is what you're, when you're, I don't know that they're worried about the, the, State tax. All right. So are you aware of the beer chugging craze that's going on right now? What are you talking about? I am lobbying currently. All right. Again, I will do it. Line them up. Right you know, you here. play the wrong I'm position. Not, look, You're not a quarterback. This is only quarterbacks and great quarterbacks are the only ones that are allowed to partake only great ones? All in right. the beer chugging contest. That's not even a chug. Get no, that is screen. awful. Aaron Rodgers is getting mocked that's a, everywhere. He lost the beer sipping competition there. He did. Matthew Stafford, you mentioned earlier. So he showed up, Aaron Rodgers. That's how you chug a beer. Game. Yeah, you just take it back. Mitchell Trubisky there with Kyle Long is offensive lineman. How long? He throws one back really quick. Not so you got all these great quarterbacks, like Hall of Famers. Uh-huh. Who's we got that? our boy Patrick Mahomes. Okay, he's, Patty. Yeah, he's representing, takes one back as well. Okay. That's so it's, a, like, it's like becoming this thing. He represented. Who's this that? This is uh, Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills quarterback, doing it on the move. I mean, you only are allowed to do this if you're an illustrious quarterback. Yeah, I feel like you're You can it. add one there to the list because I had to, I got Let's challenged. You're going Had to this. step up to it. Let's see it. We were, well, I don't know Roll if we the can tape. show it. I don't know. I don't oh, think you, we want to show it. Oh, we are. Hey! I thought they were worried about my man in the Speedo. Uh, I like Babchek. Uh, Wait, uh, <laughs> taking it. This is, uh, look. Half boom. of it went down your Destroyed shirt, him. bro. This guy's a professional drinker I'm against. Is he? Yeah. No, he's not a professional drinker, but I had to represent. Like this you is did. one where you are you are challenged and you better step up. And that's why I was so disappointed, Aaron Rodgers. Like I think the Packers should consider benching him. You know what you didn't do? You didn't embarrass yourself. You didn't embarrass Thank me. You. You Thank you. You handled yours. Thank you. I appreciate yours. that. Yes, now, but you think you would smoke that performance, huh? Not even close. Here's the issue, and this is what I was worried about, Aaron Rodgers, and it kind of happened to me. Yeah. We were at this event. I had already had a couple other like drinks. Oh, not oh. liquor drinks, not oh. beer drinks, bro, and bro. I had just eaten some food. So I was like, man, I better not lose. Bro, if you cry, what the baby gonna do? <laughs> so that's like, what I'm saying. I, mean? like, if you I cry, wasn't making excuses. Do, you gotta suck it up. Baby gonna do? I wasn't. Now. I didn't make any excuses. I just slammed it back, which is what Aaron Rodgers should have done. Hell, yeah, I'm gonna go home make a video. <laughs> All right, All right. We'll show I'm it tomorrow. Show we'll get a stopwatch. Yes, on it. correct. All right, All right, Coca, we're doing it. I think we should do it live in studio. But I think there's some kind of HR rules about alcohol. Contractually, we're not allowed to do that. Maybe not. Kind of We can make it happen. But I want to get a video of that. We'll back tomorrow. See you.